A restaurant specializing in goose dishes in Kaohsiung's Renwu district has come up with Taiwan's first-ever line of goose fat products, and they are getting international attention. The 23-year-old family-run business got a new lease of life when the son of the original owner went to study in France, where he was inspired by French cuisine. They've come up with a line of products that includes delicious condiments made with goose fats and shallots. The restaurant also sells salted braised goose and roast goose and has made this year's Michelin Bib gourmand list. This restaurant specializing in goose dishes in Kaohsiung Zhenwu district sells salted braised goose and roast goose, all made in store. The goose meat sells out so quickly that it's all gone in just five and a half hours. The owner of the restaurant comes from a family of banquet chefs in Kaohsiung's Neiman district. 23 years ago, she learned from her relatives how to cook goose and started her own business. Then, more than 10 years ago, her son returned from studying in France and joined the family management team. He began to give Taiwan-style roast goose a whole new look. I was studying in Bordeaux and they used both goose fat and duck fat. I never thought much about these things before, but after I came back, I thought, because we are a goose shop, we should use goose fat throughout for cooking. For example, we should use goose fat to seal goose legs before cooking them and then braise them to make them more tender. Luke Shen actually set out to study urban planning in France, but while he was there, he also threw himself into the world of goose cooking. He has injected some French soul into Taiwan-style goose and has developed Taiwan's first-ever goose fat brand. Taiwan-style shallot flakes are traditionally made with lard. Chen changed the formula to use goose fat and made unique condiments consisting of goose fat and shallots. He packaged them in elegant French-style jars and are now sold in fresh food supermarkets and department stores across Taiwan. The products are widely used in the restaurant's various dishes. I think this is healthier. The first time he came back from abroad, he brought me a can of goose fat, and that started it all. In fact, I had already been using goose fat when cooking for my customers, but it's only after we started promoting the fact that we use goose fat that we realized how good it was. With a taste of refined Taiwan-style goose, the restaurant has scored a spot on the Michelin Bib Gourmand list this year, the only goose restaurant in Kaohsiung to do so. A new exhibition titled Walking the Crack is underway at the Taipei Fine Arts Museum. It features the works and writings of artists from Taiwan and abroad and strives to open up discussions about walking in post-pandemic times. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in to look at some of the highlights. It took 20 years for the artists to complete the piece. This is an artwork created by Taiwanese artist Shi Jinghua. Pencil Walker is an action art piece in which the artist sought to realize his own concept of self-salvation. He spent 20 years drawing on this wall, which is 244 centimeters tall and 976 centimeters wide. Each drawing session lasted 2 hours and 15 minutes. Another work on display is an action art piece by Liu Yu called Field. The performance was inspired by the artist's own experience cultivating a small piece of farmland. This work was my creative plan after moving to Taitung. It is actually about how to adapt to this land and how to actually carry out the practice. 
I imagined it in the way in which walking is an important way for artists in the creative process, because it is the way that different artists face the fields of their works. In this piece of work, I reflect upon my past works, which may be text, history and archives. I hope to get closer to nature this way. These works are a part of a new exhibition titled Walking the Crack at the Taipei Fine Arts Museum. The exhibition defines Walking the Crack as a metaphor for the contemporary state of existence. It features artworks by artists of different generations in a variety of mediums. The exhibition aims to open up discussion about walking in post-pandemic times. This exhibition is very important. The title is Walking the Crack. It used the simple act of walking after the pandemic as a starting point and then connected it with the concept of ordinary behavior. The exhibition hopes to gather works that span generations and eras through the display of different media. This exhibition is not a horizontal development. It is pulled through and organized by various lines, gaps and distances, and it depends on the audience to complete the exhibition by watching it themselves. The exhibition will be on show at the Taipei Fine Arts Museum till January 8th. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Lu Botong in Taipei. This fall, why not get closer to wildlife if you're in the south of the country? In Kaohsiung Shoshan Zoo, visitors can finally get a glimpse of the two meerkats born earlier this year. And in Jiayi, sightings of a magnificent bird migration can be seen during the day in the village in the mountains. At the entrance of the burrow, meerkats peer out, looking left and right. Tentatively, the two youngest ones, born back in May this year, venture out into a whole new world. Leaving their comfort zone proved to be difficult indeed. It took a while to earn the little one's trust. To welcome their first foray into the real world, Kaohsiung Shoshan Zoo offered them a new toy, a big pipe, nice and wide, their favorite. <laughs> the mob of eight has always stolen the spotlight at the zoo. Much adored by zookeepers, the newborns have now grown into playful toddlers. They were afraid of coming out at first, always following their older brother's lead, always tentatively trailing behind. They're very cute. They'll exchange glances and then come in for a hug. They're also affectionately known as cuddle cats because they love to cuddle. Over in the north, cattle egrets have embarked on their annual mass migration. Every year in the fall, sightings of migrating cattle egrets can be seen at Jai's Meishan Township. Tens of thousands of them pass through here on their way south. It's like waves of seawater coming on shore. It's really quite magnificent. There were around a dozen flocks, and one had more than 3,000 cattle egrets flying around in the skies above Taixing village for almost an hour. Over the migration season, at least 2,000 to 3,000 cattle egrets, sometimes more than 10,000, pass through the mountainous village daily in large flocks in the morning and the afternoon. The magnificent view attracts many visitors looking to capture the awe-inspiring moment. According to a recent job bank survey, more than 90% of employed workers hope to one day start a business of their own. Though the number of people with entrepreneurial aspirations is high, only about 36% of workers have actually taken steps to found their own business. 
With a failure rate of 52% for new businesses, the job bank says prospective entrepreneurs should think their plans through carefully before starting a business. Mr. Lee grills burger buns until they are nice and toasty. The 32-year-old has been in the food industry for almost 10 years. Back in April, he decided he wanted to stop earning a regular wage and invested 1.8 million NT into opening a breakfast shop with a friend in Taipei to fulfill his dream of being an entrepreneur. I wanted to start my own business in part for the earnings, but also for my own fulfillment. It's very freeing indeed, but working hours are much longer than being an employee. Taking advantage of a relative ease to enter the food and drink sector, Lee came up with a novel concept for his business, allowing customers to order their meals both through traditional means and online. According to a job bank survey, more than 90% of workers hope to one day open their own business, an 11-year high. But only about 36% say they have taken steps to set up shop. Tea shops, cafes, and bakeries are the main types of business that can attract customers more easily after opening. But sectors with lower access thresholds have more competitors, so businesses have to adopt red ocean strategies. It's a competitive environment with low profits. According to the Job Bank, about 52% of businesses end up failing, and about 67% end up never recouping their investment and founders spend at least 10.2 hours every day working on their businesses. The Job Bank advises prospective entrepreneurs to think twice and assess the market carefully before becoming their own boss. The CECC says it's considering doing away with travel quarantines in October after the current COVID wave passes. Taiwan reported 45,269 local COVID cases on Thursday, marking the third day in a row with more than 40,000 cases. CECC officials also announced three more patients with severe symptoms and one death. Starting today, an herbal formula developed in Taiwan to treat COVID symptoms will no longer be subsidized for every patient. The subsidies will only apply for patients in high-risk groups who have prolonged fever, coughs, shortness of deaths or severe throat soreness. The new rules will be in effect for a trial period of two weeks, after which officials will re-evaluate the changes. Taiwan will prolong a series of tax cuts for an additional three months, affecting 22 types of goods. The reduction and exemptions had been instated earlier this year to stabilize consumer prices. The measures include waived sales taxes for wheat, corn and soybeans, as well as reduced tariffs on imported wheat, beef, butter and milk powder for baking purposes. They also include adjustments to taxes on fuels and cement. Let's hear from Premier Su Zhenchang. Since last December, we instated four ways of tax reductions and exemptions on key goods, which stabilized prices to a certain extent. I have agreed to extend those tax cuts for another three months. Although international raw material prices are going down, over these coming weeks they will still experience ups and downs. Over the past few weeks, the price of soybeans, wheat and corn has started soaring again, and fuel prices are expected to go up again this winter. We'll need at the bare minimum 24 months for commodity prices and overall prices to return to levels from before the explosion in inflation.
Economist Li Jun says the world will take at least two years to fully recover from the effects of soaring inflation. He adds that the first effects of easing inflation will only start being felt in late 2023. Thai Power says it will launch a 564 billion NT project to improve grid stability over the next 10 years. The project comes after a major blackout in March, which left more than five million households in the dark. The project includes building more electrical substations and improving relevant infrastructure. The traffic lights are off, and nearby shops and residences are all dark. On March 3rd this year, more than 5.529 million households in Taiwan were left without electricity after a malfunction caused by an employee at Shinda Power Plant. After the incident, Thai Power released a report saying it would launch projects to strengthen the resilience of the power grid. Taiwan's land area is small, but the density of its power grid is astonishing. We need to strengthen the main line of the network so that electricity can flow more effectively between the north and the south. That can also help with the growing load. The Ministry of Economic Affairs has budgeted an additional 150 billion NT for Thai Power to help with the launch of a project to stabilize the grid. The budget comes just at the right time for the electric company, which aims to complete the 564.5 billion NT project within 10 years. However, international natural gas prices have soared between January and July this year, resulting in Thai Power's accumulated losses reaching 164.7 billion NT. That's more than half of Thai Power's capital. Even then, the government's committee on power prices is under a lot of pressure to leave. Electricity rates unchanged. The additional 150 billion NT will be of some help for Taiwan's projects. That's undeniable. We hope that the budget can be discussed and approved so that it can be used by Thai Power next year. Industry groups and the general public have voiced hope that electricity rates will remain as is, at least until the pricing committee meets again next March. With only two months to go before local elections, Vice President Lai Qingde is stepping up efforts to support fellow DPP members on their electoral campaigns. Lai on Thursday made his first stop in New Taipei, where he expressed support for Lin Jialong in the race for mayor against incumbent Hou Youyi. Cheering on his DPP colleagues. Vice President Lai Qingde has kicked off a series of political endorsements, making his first stop in New Taipei. There, he paid a visit to Shenqiufuda Temple in Banqiao with Lin Jialong, DPP candidate for New Taipei mayor. The city government has taken a big step back under Ho, especially this year. Things have regressed to the point that he doesn't rank first on eight of his government projects. We must support Lin Jialong for mayor for the future development of New Taipei. Lai blasted Ho Youyi with his remarks, but his speech was cut short when a supporter in the audience nearly fainted after not having eaten breakfast. Lai's instincts as a medical professional kicked in, and he followed the ambulance to make sure she was all right. Her blood sugar was low and her blood pressure was dropping. My staff rushed in to give her some sugar, and she's lying down now, receiving an IV. Everything should be fine. Lai's first appearance to endorse fellow DPP members drew a large crowd, giving a boost in confidence to Lin. During a radio interview the day before, 
It was revealed that in the team's latest survey, support for KMT rival Ho had dropped to 48 percent. If support drops by a further 3 percent, Lin would have a chance at leading New Taipei. There is still more than two months left before the elections. As long as we keep drawing in support, the prospects are good. I have promised to serve the full four years after being elected, but my opponent has been dodging questions on the issue. He's even implied he might go for the presidency in 2024. Of course, we hope that Ho Yoi's votes will go to my side. Lin criticized Ho for evading questions and not promising to fulfill his duties. Ho has recently tried to get at his rival by calling for scrutiny of Lin's track record as Minister of Transportation. Lin says he is unfazed. I actually welcome it, because in a democratic election, candidates are meant to be put under scrutiny. This is how we attain progress. I also hope that you, Mayor Ho, will be open to inspection. Unshaken, Lin invited Ho to join in further debate. Early Thursday Taiwan time, the much-anticipated Taiwan Policy Act of 2022 was passed by the U.S. Senate Foreign Affairs Committee in a landslide vote of 17 to 5. The bill aims to make several adjustments to strengthen U.S.-Taiwan relations. The changes include renaming Taiwan's representative offices in the U.S., designating Taiwan a major U.S. non-NATO ally, and offering 4.5 billion U.S. dollars in military financing to Taiwan over four years. Let's hear from the proponent of the bill, Bob Menendez. We have had various conversations with the administration. Uh, we think we are landing in a good spot that can meet some of their concerns and at the same time have a very strong bill and expresses the Senate's intent of strengthening our relationship with Taiwan, of assisting Taiwan in its abilities to uh, preserve its territorial integrity. I think the most important thing is that it is sending a very strong message that the U.S. supports Taiwan's security across party lines, as well as peace and stability in this region. It will also definitely be a deterrent to China. Regardless of the final wording, I believe that the symbolic and substantive meaning of supporting Taiwan is there. Taiwan's presidential office issued a statement thanking the U.S. Senate for demonstrating support for Taiwan. Sponsors of the bill say touted as the most comprehensive restructuring of U.S. policy toward Taiwan since the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979. The Taiwan Policy Act will now be sent to the full Senate for consideration. If passed by both the House of Representatives and Senate before next January, it will be submitted to President Joe Biden to be signed into law.